You're listening to The Wrestling Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, and at obpapparel.com. You think you know me. Hey, everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. Liam, what about that contemporary global issue that's going on? Well, that would, uh, that's, that's been going on in the news. Everyone knows what we're talking about. We probably don't even need to go into that much detail. And how about the, uh, the current climate, the, the weather that we've been having this, uh, this past week? I tell you, they say it's global warming, but I don't know. Well, what? well perhaps we'll never know. Yeah. So much to talk about this week. And so much we can't talk about. We're taking a detour from talking about topical pro wrestling news this week to talk about a subject near and dear to most fans' hearts, and that's entrance music. Um, entrance music is part of the tapestry that is televised pro wrestling, and it's kind of uh, it's a, it's a major part of the production. And I feel like sometimes if you go to WWE shows now, the only th- things that people pop for are entrances and so the music is in in a lot of ways more important now than it's ever been so we've compiled lists of i don't know do we ever decide what we're calling these lists liam but they're list of entrance themes yes we have our our our, we'll we'll just say a a more serious a more uh, traditional list of uh of well-known sort of big time wrestling themes that we all know and then we have sort of our our real favorites, which are our, uh, you know, unsung heroes, whatever you want to call them, that are uh, probably probably aren't going to make a lot of top ten lists on uh, on WWE.com for for the greatest entrance themes ever. But uh, they're they're near and dear to us for either we just think they're kind of funny or cool or just can't get seem to get them out of our head all these years later. But we have two separate lists. Well, we have, and we have a, uh, well, just a side note here. You, you, we were discussing, uh, doing show prep here. You were said, well, maybe we should call that second list. Maybe we should call that guilty pleasures. And I said, well, that would imply that I was incapable of feeling shame, which <laughs> we've established on this show. It's not an emotion that I am capable of. So, bang, bang. Guilty pleasures is not exactly what I'm going to call it, but yeah, well, I don't know. Uh, less traditional, all those things you just said. We would like to point out, though, that uh, there's a list of of, so- of songs that we came up with that are just the best, but they weren't traditionally, they weren't written specifically for pro wrestling, and so we haven't included them. Do you, you want to run those down, Liam? Yeah, uh, so... Especially the, the the few that we thought of, uh, one of which would be. A 
cult of personality. Oh, tremendous. Added so much to that CM Punk era. Absolutely. You know, as soon as the, that little hit of static would hit and then the music, that guitar riff starts and, and that guy comes out with a microphone, you knew you were seeing something good. Um, another one that I know is very near and dear to your heart would be a, a, a second one of, of those type of songs would be Voodoo Child, Hollywood Hogan. Oh, I, you know, Hulk Hogan has become very problematic. What? Yeah, we had to do an, a breaking news emergency show a couple of years ago about how my childhood was ruined <laughs> because of Hulk Hogan being a racist. And I don't think that his t- 2018 apology tour, I, I still don't think he gets it. I think he's apologizing because he has to apologize i don't think he understands i just don't think he's capable of feeling shame either (laughs) which which makes me kind of problematic too i guess but i'm not a hogan i wouldn't call myself a hogan fan anymore but i was the biggest hogan fan for the first eh, 29 years of my life (laughs) and voodoo child was perfect for that hollywood hogan character and he used it for a while when he first came to WWE, and even shortly, uh, for a few months after his babyface turn in 2002, he kept using it, and it worked. It was just, it was just incredible. That oh, chopping down with the edge of my hand, good lord. Yeah, he played the the feather boas, the electric guitar, or the air guitar. Yeah, it it absolutely worked for him, as you mentioned, the, specifically for the Hollywood version of the character but yeah even when he was you know more traditional good guy hulk hogan with the the hulk still rules bandana and you know went back to the red and yellow he was yeah it still worked so yeah that's that's one and then of course the uh other one of uh of these types of songs we got to mention is of course 2001 space odyssey aka that rick flair song yeah it's actually called uh, like I, I always I can never think of it all. Oh. It's not all Lang Syne, It's not Alt Sprite Zero. But it's it's something like Alt Sprite Zero. Yeah, it's uh, it. But it's it's the song. If Ric Flair came out to any other song, WWE kind of had a, like a knockoff version of it when he when <laughs> yeah. he came in in '92, and I and I think tried to get him to use it maybe again when he came back in the in the early 2000s, but. Like there's not, there's just nothing quite. You know it. There are no substitutes for, especially you know the, the later WWE version where it starts with him again hitting that woo, and then that music plays. There's just nothing like it, and you see it now. Charlotte has a remixed version of it, um, in in her theme song because it's it is. I mean, words like iconic or epic are so darn overused in our society especially in wrestling it seems but uh yeah i can't really think of any words else to describe it it's that is that is rick flair's song as much as it is this classical piece of music that's been used in a million movies and commercials and obviously as i said most famous most famously in 2001 a space odyssey perhaps but i think if you're a wrestling fan most famously that song is rick flair's entrance theme yeah, I always find it funny when they go back and dub in that knockoff 
sometimes you'll see a net, you'll find a network show where they've gone back and dubbed that over, or they've put Real American over uh, Voodoo Child, or the you know it's all it never seems quite right when they put that knockoff, they dub that knockoff over the uh, over the the classic. Uh, and just one more mention of that. It's it's a, a one I, I just thought of on the air here. Uh, remember when Undertaker used Ain't No Grave by Johnny Cash for that one WrestleMania? Yes. That was awesome. Yeah, but, that uh, worked. For the first Triple H, or technically second, I guess, but the WrestleMania 27 Triple H match. Yeah. Yeah, that worked tremendously. Um Pomp and Circumstance, which, you know, Gorgeous George used, but we know it as Randy Savage's song. Um, doesn't really fit the Randy Savage character, and yet it just <laughs> wouldn't it wouldn't be quite right if you didn't hear, you know, that I- I- iconic song. <laughs> Absolutely not. It's, it's one of those things, it doesn't, all, yeah, and we can talk about that perhaps as we get into some of our, our more, uh, our actual lists here, but... Yeah, there there are certain songs that even though it it maybe doesn't totally make sense, uh, it it just works for them, and it you couldn't have anything else. Indeed, indeed, I have a list here of eight honorable mentions that would not make my list. Do you just want me to go go down those? Yeah, we uh, as 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 the listener has heard, we'll uh, we'll be playing. Some excerpts from from some of the songs as as we go through here, but uh, I don't want to be here for for two and a half hours. We we just don't have the time, so we can just kind of rapid fire name some uh, some honorable mentions real quick. All right, so mine are uh, you know Minoru Suzuki's Kaze Ninare. Speaking uh, of a song that you wouldn't necessarily think would fit a guy, right? Exactly, he's this murderous guy that has like this <laughs> light light and fluffy uh song but you know american fans chant along with it when he works in north america you know in north america the japanese crowd goes crazy for it causing nina ray uh bob Roode's song glorious just tremendous absolutely uh, dusty Rhodes wwf theme he's just a common man oh, gotta have more cowbell man uh, um Ricky Steamboat's first WWF theme, which was a real song. Uh, they used to play it then when when Michael Jordan's Chicago Bulls teams of the early 90s would, would come out and be introduced before games. This is the song that was playing. This is Ricky Steamboat's first WWF theme. Tremendous. Awesome. Uh, when Hulk, Hulk Hogan used Eye of the Tiger because of the Rocky Three connection. Good Lord. I mean, that's, you know, not traditional. Uh, it goes back to our, our previous list of songs that were not specifically written for wrestling, but Eye of the Tiger, how do you top that? Um, Sexy Boy, written by the great James Hart. Oh, yeah. I could make a whole list of just Jimmy Hart songs. Jake the Snakes, WWF theme from the 80s. I mean... That's a heck of a piece of music right there, as far as setting the mood for who that character is yeah that was in that string there where jim johnston just could do no wrong you know what I mean? like yeah. he, wrote, he wrote a bunch of good ones in the in the 80s and uh you can't understate his value to that company over the years 
Absolutely not. And I guess let's see, kind of topping off my honorable mentions would be... uh, uh, No, actually, I have two more here. Uh, The Demolition demolition song written by Rick Derringer, who also wrote Real American. Here comes the axe. Here comes the smasher. The Walking Disasters. Their demolition, The Walking Disaster. Uh, Pain and Destruction are their middle names. (laughs) Just tremendous. Just tremendous. Talk about setting a mood, too. Mm -hmm. That that thing is just incredible. The demolition theme. And then, no surprise, the the CFO gang that did uh, the the bosses theme. I think that I think that fits that character pretty perfectly. And I, you know, I love that song. Oh, absolutely. It's, uh, uh, you know, all joking aside, for that character, especially when, I, I think always, of, uh, we've talked about it several times, everybody, if, if you have, a, you know, a lot of people's favorite women's match in WWE history is that Sasha and Bailey Brooklyn match. And, you know, when I hear that theme, I think of her entrance in that SUV coming down to that match with Bailey. Or, uh, or maybe the the following year at Mania when she did the entrance with Snoop Dogg. Yeah, it's absolutely perfect for her. And an, an underrated entrance that is forgotten because the match was such a, a mess. Was at Hell in a Cell in her hometown. She came out in an Escalade too. Ah, yes. She got. And if you watch just the YouTube videos uh, from the crowd that night, that that's pretty big pop. That's pretty big pop for for the modern era. Um. Yeah, that you know, everybody forgets about that one because the match was a disappointment. But yeah, <laughs> so that's my honor. That's my honorable mentions. All right, yeah, we'll get on to to my honorable mentions real quick. Uh, first one that comes to mind. Uh, you started with the New Japan. I'll start with one as well. Uh, you know it. Everybody knows it. The oh, Bullet Club oh, theme. Oh, 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 tremendous. Oh, it's great. And uh, it, we talk about something that uh, we'll get to. Some of the other various factions that have great, uh, great theme songs. Um, when we, I think, when we get to our actual lists a little bit later. But yeah, as far as just a, a song that when that group comes out as a unit and that song plays, it's cool. You can you can strut to it. You can you can play uh, air guitar to it. You can do all the cool you know as, as the sort of NWODX tribute act that they are to a certain extent it's just it's a perfect fit for that uh samoa joe's theme i believe it's called the destroyer by the cfo boys it should be called the angry tuba song (laughs) that's fair uh i i pop every time for that godzilla roar though yeah that's that's well done yeah i uh, i enjoy that uh, here's one maybe we'll disagree on, specifically the, like, 2001-2002 The Rock theme. Alright, The Rock's theme is trash. Whoa. I love Dwayne Johnson the man more than I love most of my family. <laughs> that, that is, that is a trash song. Everybody pops for Do You Smell What The Rock Is Cooking because... It's The Rock cutting a promo. The trash itself doesn't fit the character. Or the song itself doesn't fit the character. It's trash. That, see, that my other way is, but The Rock as he was as a wrestling character being this cool dude, he's kind of an act, he's kind of like an 80s action star. All of his lines are one-liners like he's Arnold or Stallone. 
So he comes out, and when that, specifically, again, I'm talking about a very specific version, because there was like a hundred versions of the one rock song, uh, the one he still uses today when he comes out. Uh, the Like the 01 to 03 version has this awesome electric guitar riff. And it's him standing on the stage, closing his eyes, looking out as the millions cheer him. And he puts his arm in the sky, and you see all the flash bulbs. Uh, specifically, I'm thinking of the Sky Dome currently, with the with the Hogan match. It's like, man, I think that theme, that's the perfect song. That guitar riff ringing out in a stadium. I don't think you can beat it as far as a theme for The Rock. He's he's an action star come to life in every way imaginable. It's trash. It's trash. The best thing about that 0103 Rock entrance was the helicopter and doing the doing the flyover of Los Angeles that they later stole for the Miz 15 years later. <laughs> oh, that's that's just not fair. But uh moving on to uh, my last couple honorable mentions, uh I walk alone, Big Dave Batista, a man I I fall more in love with what? every year that he's gone. What? I'm not going to I'm not going to adjust my phrasing. <laughs> All right, I can't blame you. That song rules. It kicks ten miles of ass. Again, a guy who is sort of, uh, you know, from a character standpoint, he's the animal, right? You need a song. That guy's intense. He's a freak. He's he's a monster. You need a song that's super intense, and you got really crunchy, loud guitars. A guy screaming about walking through pits of danger, whatever the hell that means. <laughs> I don't know, man, but it works. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I think my uh, my final honorable mention is going to be the I think 2008-2009 Jeff Hardy's entra- entrance music when he was on SmackDown. It was called No More Words, I believe the song was called. But it was his uh, when he was actually the world champion top guy. It was his song. It kind of still sounds like the Hardy Boys song, but it's a little different. I have vivid memories of standing in arenas that uh, that 2009 that summer because I went to a million shows all over the country and just being standing up when Jeff Hardy would come out and just being a total mark and doing the hand thing along <laughs> as, as the song <laughs> you know the, the thing the hand thing I know uh, the hand thing yeah yeah I was I mean I am was an unabashed mark for that song awesome so yeah those are those are our honorable mentions uh, now let's. Let's get down to the, the serious business. If you want to do business with a guy who says business. Guilty pleasures or with uh, with our legitimate top five? Uh, let's do our legitimate top five. All right. Do you want to trade fives or should we just go through them here? Uh, let's trade back and forth. All right. My number five. <laughs> The Kevin Nash, uh, the the Wolfpack theme. Ooh, that that one's tough to beat, right there. That 
that song the was only reason yeah that song was so Sorry, cool that song was so cool that it kept kevin nash over and made people think he was more over than he was <laughs> kept him as a superstar long after uh he actually was one is what you're saying that's exactly what i'm saying well, on a similar note here, my number five is the NW World Classic theme, brother. New, 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 new World Order. Absolutely. I mean, it's, you build a song, you build this faction of, you want these guys to be the top guys in your company. You want them to take over. You need a rock and theme song. The black and white camera effects. You uh, just imitated the, the voice uh, you know, they would add little bits to the song, guys shouting too sweet and and all that. They uh that's that's to me is that's as faction themes go. It's it doesn't get a lot better than that. That is tremendous. My number four is Time to play the game. Time to play the game <laughs> The game by Motorhead. Uh, that one's that one's <laughs> Triple H. Every song Triple H ever had is pretty great. But yeah, hit, that's the best yo rap. Jimmy. Hit me with a little of that Triple H. Yeah, King of Kings. My yeah. time. Yep. Uh, some of the various DX, the personalized DX themes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's he's the man. <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> As far as entrance musics go, yeah, Triple H, I don't think, has ever had a bad one. We've had that discussion before. Yep. Uh, my number four. So, you think you're untouchable? Word life. This is basic thugonomics. This is basic thugonomics. Word life. So you think you're untouchable? Word life. John Cena's first theme. Thugonomics. Speaking of songs that made a guy a bigger star than he was. Yeah. Yeah. I debated whether or not to put Cena's current music anywhere on any of my lists, and I decided it just didn't make the cut. Um, because arguably that song is better. <laughs> and, <laughs> and as you said, had more of an impact. Like Cena was already a major star when he got the current, you know, Chain Gang song. Very true. All right, my number three, which used to be number one on this list, but recent events have pushed it down. Real American. I am a real American. Fight for the rights of every man. I am a real American. Fight 
I mean, you can't, as far as, again, it's being able to separate art from artist or being able to look at things through the context of the time. For that character, man, what better song could there have ever been? You, you can, that's a song you just line up 10 miles of ass and that song is going to kick all of it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that analogy makes any sense, but I use it fairly often. I don't know. I think it's good. I think it's got legs and it uses those legs to kick 10 miles of ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So moving on to my number three here. Uh, this one's because it's my personal favorite. If you've listened to the show, you know who my favorite wrestler of all time is. My number three, Heart Attack. Brett the Hitman Heart. You hear that screeching guitar at the start and the freaking best dude out there anywhere is coming out to wrestle coolest guy on earth with the coolest sunglasses absolutely cool jacket cool glasses great wrestler can't beat it all right my number two is the ultimate warriors theme wow and i'm no fan of the warrior we talked about on this show he's kind of a garbage human being uh, his li- his wife seems like a very nice lady and does a lot of good charity work. And I am very sad that his daughters are growing up without their father. But he was a garbage person. But I talked about Jim Johnston earlier making an impact and how you can't understate his importance to the company. You can't under under uh, understate Jim Johnston's importance to the Ultimate Warrior's career. That music. And Vince McMahon said it on the, the DVD they did that buried the warrior. That music absolutely captured that character. It was perfect. Oh, man, you're not wrong. That's, again, I, I mean, I don't want to keep repeating myself, but that the, you're, you're trying to capture a feeling, as you said, of when that guy, when that music hits, he runs to the ring. Kills a dude in 35, 45 seconds. Everyone remembers, you know, the Honky Tonk Man match. That's, you know, that absolutely is. If you need to show somebody who the character is, who this person is in one in one match, one moment, yeah, that's the song. And what's your number two? Uh, so my number two is uh, a new, a new, a newer one. But I think to me it's an instant classic. Shinsuke Nakamura's first theme, The Rising Sun. Also by the CFO boys. Epic. Epic. It's gotten an update with the uh, that rap. Yeah, they somehow made it even cooler. Yeah. Um, 
which I didn't, I didn't think was possible. But to me, that's a song that uh, it's an interesting. A trivia note: I saw someone mention that uh, he was that's he was originally apparently going to have the glorious theme, as you mentioned in our honorable mentions, Bobby Roode's theme. Yeah, was originally meant for for Nakamura, and not exactly sure who was the final decision maker on that. Whether it was Nakamura himself or Triple H, but somebody ended up putting the kibosh on that and. Boy, did it just work out great for everybody, didn't it? Sure did. It's one of those, yeah. One of those sliding doors kind of moments, I think, is the uh, the cultural touch, the touch point that I should reference here. Yeah. All right. Number one. My number one. Glass Breaks. Oh, man. <laughs> As a song in and of itself, that Steve Austin entrance music is nothing. It is nothing. True. But the glass shattering filed by, followed by the hard-driving guitar and every bit of the drum playing in that song, when they hit, when they hit, the, the, uh, hit the cymbals or hit the hi-hat there um, on the drums in that song, it's tremendous. I don't know. You actually play the drums. I don't. Uh, <laughs> When when they make the you know the sound the thing that sounds like a ting 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 it's perfect. Yes, everything about that is perfect, and nothing announces, oh boy, here comes a guy to kick ten miles of ass, or <laughs> more than a bunch of glass breaking. And that's an example of keeping it simple, stupid, because there was you know years later, like the the o one o two when he was a bad guy, they tried to like rock it up and like add lyrics, and they made it lamer. Well, part of that, too, is they were trying to get people not to cheer for him. Fair. Fair point. But that being said, there's you know, there's something to keeping it simple. When he was a good guy and he came back later, there's a reason he went back to that classic theme. But yeah, ab- absolutely great choice. Uh, my number one, similar era. Think you can tell us what to do? Break it down! DX theme, man. To me, there's again when that those 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 first couple drum beats hit, and the you know the graphics start flashing on the screen, and you're waiting to hear the guy shout, "Break it down!" Uh, oh yeah. To me, that's it's. There's a few entrances in like it, especially as much as the sort of more modern DX was was seen. I think as as lame or not as cool or. Obviously, it was meant to be much sillier, and and Hunter and Sean were in their forties when they did it. But as far as an entrance goes, as far as an entrance theme goes, that song rules. That's a song that I would listen to as the song. Yeah, that's a fair point. All right, I'm gonna go down my wacky list, just kind of rapid fire here because we are running short on time. Uh, Scott Steiner's. WCW, his final WCW entrance song. Get the get the siren going. Oh yeah, that yeah that that set that set a perfect mood. 
Um, but I don't, it, it's just kind of wacky. So I'm not sure it exactly makes it. Uh, Kofi Kingston's uh, reggae song in the WWE. Boom, boom, boom. I thought that was always a good time. Um, speaking of songs that we listen to, Justice songs, I have a spiritual experience when I'm in an arena and Ember Moon's song hits. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly what kind, of, what kind of radio station would play that song. I, I don't know. You know, maybe something on Sirius or XM because you got a million channels and every, every song can get played. But that song rules as a song. Okay. Uh, I think number my uh, second to last year would be uh, the Lil Kim song that uh, Trish Stratus used or was written for Trish Stratus' entrance. <laughs> hey, it's time to rock and roll. Sure. I mean, the, that, that hits the, the clip of Trish laughing. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's pretty iconic. Yep. And uh, first on my list would be uh, Kelly Kelly's theme. Holla, holla. That song's great. I don't. I won't. I won't hear anything. I won't hear any other. All right, those are my guilty pleasures. If I was capable of feeling guilt, which we've established, <laughs> I am not. What What are your um, less traditional favorites? Your wacky favorites? I don't know what, what we call them. Well, whatever they're called, here we'll, uh, we'll go. We'll go down them pretty quickly here, as we are desperately out of time. Uh, number five. Uh, in my opinion, the Superior Hulk Hogan theme, American Made, WCW theme. Oh. I'm one of about people on the planet Earth who think this way, but I don't care. I'm Tra- right. Trash. It's great. It's trash. He's government inspected. <laughs> it's tr- U.S. great. It's such it's trash. trash. He's hamburger? What? You mess with the flag, it's like a slap in his face. Anyway, number four. Uh, the first Cody Rhodes Smoke and Mirrors song. Uh, you and I used to just sing that to each other a lot in uh, the 2009, 2010 times. Oh yeah, that, that's that's good com that's good comedy there. Yeah, the the dashing Cody Rhodes. If if uh, he's he's come a long way. Uh, number three, this is sort of the more of a dark horse choice than anything else. But uh, Adam Cole's ROH theme was awesome. I've got something for you by David Rolfe, but it's uh, it's great. And there's part in the song where a lady sings, "I've got something for you," and when she would sing that, Adam Cole would always look in the camera and say, "I've got something for you." I don't know, it just worked, man. Uh, number two, Maria Canell's song, which I believe was called "Legs for Days" or something like that. Here she comes again, like good medicine. Every step she takes, my blood is flowing. Her legs go on. 
here she comes again like bad medicine oh man it was uh it was the best also on, one last honorable mention to also mike and maria's current theme which is also pretty pretty great and uh my number one wacky alternative guilty pleasure whatever we're calling this song is of course deuce and domino oh. they're all about Leather jackets and nothing about that gimmick made a bit of a sense. girl on roller skates. Poor girl, she seemed like a sweet girl who was too good for the wrestling business. And uh, and uh, and uh, yeah, but I don't I don't know much about them because I wasn't watching SmackDown regularly at that point. <laughs> Damn, that theme song doesn't doesn't kick eleven miles of ass to coin a phrase. Nice. Should we? Can we agree on on one as we get out of here? Maybe a joint official, the official guilty pleasure uh, wrestling theme song of this show. And as we get our final thirty seconds here, sure, the con man Rob Conway song. <laughs> yep, yep. Look at me. Play us out. We're playing out as we end it here. Listen to the sweet sounds of the con man Rob Conway. Thanks everybody. Until next time, I'm Ethan and I'm Liam. And we'll be back very soon with more stories Conway from The Wrestling Life. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, we've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. That's obpapparel.com. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys. Brian Williams, MSNBC, or MSNBC. So I watch a lot of CNBC because they have Shark Tank reruns. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like that show, The Prophet. And uh, like uh, Jim Cramer entertains me. And I like feeling like I have an understanding of what's going on in the stock market. Ha, ha, ha. So I watch Mad Money sometimes. And basically what I'm saying is that I uh, had the television viewing habits of like a 67-year-old white man. <laughs> Um, so I, I watch a lot of MSNBC or uh, CNBC rather, and so Correct. I see a lot of see a lot of commercials for MSNBC, and I see them pimping Brian Williams' show, and it just drives me insane. It's like there's no shortage of television stars in this country. There's no shortage of opinionated 
people that MSNBC could throw on their network in the vein of a Rachel Maddow, someone that could do, and whatever you think of Rachel Maddow, uh, I find her to be a compelling television performer, even if I don't feel like she necessarily has all of the intellectual weight that sometimes people give her credit for. But um, there's so many things that you could put on MSNBC uh, that, are not Brian Williams reading me the news. I would really like the guy who has had a major scandal about his credibility not reading the news to me. It wasn't even like he got something wrong. Like, he straight up lied for, like, ten years. Yep. <laughs> he told the story on, like, four different talk shows. It was in his book. Like, this was not like, oh, he got a story wrong one time. Nope. Nope. So screw that guy. And the Tom Brokaw story has told me that, well, maybe NBC, maybe you shouldn't just be a news network no more. Maybe you should just, maybe <laughs> you, should, you should just throw Will and Grace and The Voice and Jimmy Fallon playing ping pong. Maybe that should be your platform as a television network and Jay Leno on cnbc on thursday nights talking about his cars uh that can be your network thing and maybe maybe you guys just don't try to run a news operation anymore since you know all of your newsmen either lie or running around <laughs> running around doing bad things with their penis <laughs> yeah that's uh that's that seems pretty accurate uh they were also uh known for uh trying to stop Ronan Farrow from running the Weinstein story last year. Yes. Um, yes. So, yeah, I think they're, they're <laughs> mostly, they're mostly very bad people. And I mean, and they're all sort of, they're all born out of that same cloth. Like, I mean, like Rachel Maddow says her, her mentor was Rupert Murdoch. Like, <laughs> like none of them are good people. <laughs> Nobody in the news is good. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, specifically at NBC, at the at, you know at the NBC there. I don't know what's You're going right. on. I don't know what's going on anywhere else. Although Dan Rather made up a bunch of shit <laughs> for years. <That's> true. <laughs> you know, although that seems almost quaint at this point. But I don't like that he can attempt to make a comeback and is you know as the have you no decency, sir? Yes, tweeter. It's, yes, it's it's absurd. It's like <laughs> you didn't you got lazy and you didn't fact check your people didn't fact check something and you reported it and goodbye i'm sorry <laughs> maybe instead of reading the news brian williams should go like work at a home depot now or <laughs> maybe dan rather should go work at a bass pro shop like, <laughs> instead, of being, instead of being a media personality maybe these guys should go work regular joe jobs now just reminded me when you said they shouldn't be a network no more. Yes. Uh, the cadence of that is what the yes. Norm MacDonald bit about Germany. Exactly. You don't get to be a country no more on account of you keep trying to start wars with the world. <laughs> and again, as their opponents, they chose the world. <laughs> You'd yeah. think the rest of the world would be able to, to mop, mop that up in an <laughs> afternoon, but uh, it was actually close. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tremendous bit. Norm is a little bit problematic with his own politics these days, but I think he comes about it honestly, and there are only so many opinions that I think you're capable of having if you've lived a certain 
privileged life. Yeah. I don't know. All right. We got 33 minutes. Can we do this? Yep. All right. I try to keep on keeping on.